Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Here we are, ready to go for another week of college football action. I don't know if there's any way we can talk last weekend, but we're going to do our best. The college football world going to try their damnedest to do better than last weekend. Although, I don't know if it's possible. Alongside my friends, RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, I am Chris Mack. This is BetQLU for week eight of the college football season. We are live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it. Take us with you. You can now rewind 72 hours back. Uh, on your Odyssey app to live programming. And, of course, the podcast is up in there all the time, too, as soon as the show is over. And we are on Twitch and YouTube as well, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or search uh, for the BetQL Network on YouTube. Welcome in, friends. And, yeah, we're going to try to see – we're going to do our best to make it as big as last weekend's college football action. I don't know if there's any way we can top it, though. Uh, what did we learn in week seven? We learned that we may have peaked about halfway through the season, I think. That's what it feels <laughs> like. Um, RJ was trying to watch the Tennessee game in a moving vehicle. Kayla was trying <laughs> to keep up with the action in the midst of a wedding. I had four screens set up across my living room because my wife had left the house for an hour or so to take my daughter someplace. So I just threw all the screens on. And uh, it was what being a college football fan, again, is all about. Kayla, what did you take away from week seven of the college football season? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I don't think this is going to surprise anyone. And I didn't want to have to do this, but I guess I have to. Yes, you did. Uh, You did. You were looking forward to this moment. Admit it. I was. And that is that the Jayhawks are now two and two in conference play. And it's interesting what happens, you guys, when you start playing good teams within your conference. Because let's be honest, I don't think West Virginia and Iowa State even count. Um, OU looked like they were back to their original form, their original selves, getting quarterback Dylan Gabriel back following that concussion. He passed for 403 yards, two touchdowns. The offense put up 701 total yards against the Jayhawks in a 52-42 win, and it was beautiful, guys. Um, And aside from going to Baylor this weekend, the rest of their schedule isn't going to get any easier so I'll be curious to see uh, how Kansas fares against currently ranked teams like Oklahoma State, Texas, and K-State down the line. Um, oh, and if you're curious if the Mizzou-KU rivalry is still going strong, it is because, as you said, Chris, I was at a wedding, and my dad hates OU from our Mizzou Big 12 days because we could never right. beat them. Um, and he was actively rooting for OU. I was shocked because he hates OU. Wow. So that tells you how much we still hate KU is that he was – all on board with the Sooners on Saturday. That's big. That is big. Yes, uh, KU has come back down to earth. I don't think they're the team everyone was hoping they would be America's team. I was not one of those people. So we'll see what happens the rest of the right. season, but it's not looking good for the Jayhawks. 
we're going to call the rest of the schedule Kayla's Revenge uh, on <laughs> Kansas as the Jayhawks head down the stretch. Uh, RJ, I, I don't want to speak for you, but what I learned from last week is Hendon Hooker is a first-round pick, and Tennessee might be the most talented team in the country outside of Columbus, Ohio. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to sort of coattail your glory from last weekend, but that was my big takeaway: is Tennessee is for real. Yeah, they seem to be back. Uh, I am like, I still don't know how to really uh, act. I, I don't. There's that video that's popped out, right? There was that video a couple of weeks ago that. You know, all these college football programs, you got to, like, retrain yourself on how to be a fan. I, I really was – I was – I hadn't had that much fun. I'd forgotten how much fun college football was until <laughs> Saturday. And, you know, I had like, – you know, my kids were over, and, uh, you know, I had my, my girlfriend there and, and, and one of her friends and watching the game. And I'm like, how do I add? They, they've never seen me actually be into a game like that. Uh, like yeah. they've never seen that. I think I actually scared them. I don't, I don't know that I've spoken <laughs> to any of them since then for that very reason. And, you know, it was, it was phenomenal though. They, they really are back. And, and I don't know if they're, you know, talented on both sides of the football, the way, you know, uh, you know, Ohio state is, I, I sh- surely know they're not, but I do know that for the most part, they have the one thing that you need in sports at that level. And that's the best player on the field. And if you right. have the best player on the field, which is Hendon Hooker, uh, and, and when it's the quarterback, that's even better. You're going to find yourself in a competitive environment to win every single game that you're in. Uh, and it doesn't always happen in the NFL. The best player on the field doesn't always win. But in college football, man, college basketball, you get the best player on the floor, you put yourself in a chance to win. Yeah, absolutely. And what I think we learned about the SEC is they've got three title contenders. Bama's still a part of the conversation. Assuming, I think, assuming they can win out. I don't know what you guys think. Georgia's obviously still in the conversation. And Tennessee now as well, depending on how things break down the stretch and the scheduling for all three. And then in the SEC championship game, odds to win the SEC right now. Georgia's even money. Alabama, uh, plus 145. Tennessee still almost 7-1, to plus 650 to win the SEC. As far as the idea of getting three SEC teams into the playoff. How realistic is that, guys? How much would the rest of the college football world push back on that? What are the chances we see multiple teams from any conference aside from the SEC? You know, could two teams from the Big Ten make it in, depending on what happens between Ohio State and Michigan in a few weeks? Uh, Is there any way you could see multiple teams from the ACC? I don't know about that, but it's, it's interesting to watch the playoff of, or excuse me, the complexion of this playoff race down the stretch, Kayla. Yeah. And Chris, I haven't quite figured out the pathways to how this can happen, but uh, this should really get the SEC haters going. If it does in fact happen, <laughs> the only time we've had two in the playoff was Bama and Georgia, of course, last year. And then also in that 2017, 18 season. And the only time Bama has not been in the playoff was that LSU year in 2019, 2020. So I would love to see it as an SEC fan, but I don't think the rest of the country would. Well, RJ, there are three teams right now that are minus money. So favored, I guess you could say, by the books to be playoff teams. Georgia and Ohio State are both minus 650. And then you've got your Vols, Tennessee, at minus 125, followed closely by uh, the, the leading plus teams, plus money teams, Clemson plus 160, Alabama plus 200. 
So if if those numbers are any indication, the two SEC teams would be Georgia and Tennessee, Ohio State from the Big Ten, and then probably Clemson from the ACC. Yeah, look, if the SEC wants to get three teams in, um, you know, they, they probably need, um, I, I would say, Clemson has to lose to Syracuse. That that would be the team that they have to lose to. Right. Uh, and, and TCU, TCU, but we can't forget them. They're gonna, they're, they had a yeah. tough road ahead. I mean, they got K-State. Yeah. They got to go on the road to Texas. They got to go on the road to Baylor. So it's not easy for them. Plus, they're going to have a Big 12 title game where they will play, you know, who? Oklahoma State again? And, you know, Oklahoma State rematch, yeah. Play. Yeah, so I think it's going to be tough for TCU to get in there. Um, so I do think it's possible, but that's only as if, you know, like Georgia closely beats Tennessee and then Bama closely beats Georgia. And then you're going to have Michigan or Ohio State. They're going to pick each other off. And you right. got to hope that's a blowout. And then you got to hope that Syracuse beats Clemson. That's a bad, that, that would be considered, I think, a bad loss by the committee. And then you might have a chance, but for the most part, you know, I think it's going to wind up being two. You'll have the conference champ of the SEC and then one of the other, either Alabama or, or, or Georgia, Tennessee, one of the other three that, that gets knocked, that isn't the conference champ. Yeah, it's definitely counting pop- out the Pac-12. Yeah, I think we are at this point. And I think anybody other than Clemson in the ACC is probably a no-go too. Like if Syracuse, like you said, RJ, picks off Clemson this weekend and wins the Atlantic, is any gonna is anybody gonna be impressed by the ACC champ? Even if it's, I, I mean, an undefeated Syracuse team, I think has to be an undefeated conference champ has to be in the playoff, right? I think we would agree on that. But I, I mean, does Syracuse really belong with a, a Tennessee, Georgia? I, I don't know, Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State playoff? I, I mean, I would think Syracuse is the one team that probably doesn't. Not that there's anything wrong with Syracuse. They just, you know, this is they started so far back. Uh, and, and I don't think a lot of people buy what they are. Uh, it, it's, you know, and I, I don't think that they would, if you were to look at that, like, would they, do they even belong on the field with this team or that team? You know, we could speculate, you know, as, as much as you want, but, uh, you know, they've, they've done a great job. They have done a fantastic job. I was stunned at how they handled NC State. Stunned. Could not believe but, it. NC- NC State with a backup quarterback, too. So that's something to consider. Yeah. And actually, let, let's dive into that game first because we've got another five or six matchups we want to try and get to today on BetQLU here on the BetQL Network. Last week, there were six ranked matchups in that huge weekend that we talked about. All six home teams won. And in the 25 ranked matchups this season, only six times have the Dogs won outright. This is a noon kick. On Saturday, number 14, Syracuse, fresh off that big win that you mentioned, RJ, against NC State, visiting Death Valley and number five, Clemson. The Tigers favored by 13 and a half. Total sits at right around 50. Syracuse only lost by a field goal to Clemson last year. Garrett Schrader has had a great start to the year. 12 tutties to just three interceptions for the Orange. Aronde Gadsden, his favorite red zone target, five touchdown catches already this year. DJ Uyunglele, though, has turned things around. I had big question marks around him coming into the year, but he's already got more yards on designed runs this season than he had in an entire 13-game season last year, 319 to 312. So all of that said, Kayla, this feels – it would this would be upset of the year, I think, in my opinion anyway, if Syracuse went into Death Valley and was able to beat Clemson. 
Yeah, exactly. Syracuse, congrats on the 6-0 and start, but I think that ends mm-hmm. Saturday. However, as you all both mentioned, they had that impressive win over NC State. They are also 5-1 and one against the spread so far this season, 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven on the road. And furthermore, they're 9-4 and four against the spread in their last 13 ACC matchups. Um, I can't believe I'm doing this because I'm always very pro-Clemson whenever they're playing. Um, and again, I do think they win, but this by all accounts should be one of Clemson's, if not their toughest test of the season. So, oh, they've also won 37 straight home games. So I don't think that's going to end this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but with that said, I think we're probably looking at what, like a 10 point game here. So I'm going Syracuse to cover at plus 13 and a half. I like what we've seen from them offensively, specifically from quarterback Garrett Schrader um, and running back Sean Tucker, who's a, his star shining super bright this season. Um, as for the total, both teams have two of the best run defenses in the ACC. Also something to keep in mind is in Syracuse's last four games, the under has hit and the under is five and two throughout their last seven. Um, on top of that, the under is hit in five of their last six meetings with each other. So while I would lean the under a 50, I think I might just stay clear of this total. Yeah. RJ, this is one of those games that if you like Clemson to win, but the number seems too big for you, this is one of those prime candidates to maybe pluck and put in like a, a three, four, maybe even five team money line parlay. If you, mm-hmm. if there are a handful of teams that you believe are going to win, but not necessarily hit the spread because the numbers are a little outsized. Clemson feels like that to me this weekend. Yeah. Look, I, I gotta say like if, if Clemson's best one of the year is going to be Syracuse, that, that doesn't, you know, bode very well <laughs> for, for Clemson. Uh, you know, in, in term, they, they might be living on reputation, right. In terms of getting into right. the final four, but you know, I might I, I might be leaning towards uh, taking the taking the points and taking Syracuse here. I, you know, I might be leaning towards. That's a lot of points uh, for you know, for a conference game, especially a game against two uh, you know two teams that are that are that are you know ranked relatively high. And you know, Clemson just hasn't really impressed. I mean, they've gotten better. DJ's gotten definitely better. There's no doubt about that. I would be inclined to take uh, take Syracuse plus the 13 and a half, 14, depending on how you get it. They beat your boy, Sexy Sammy. I mean, they did that. It took overtime, but they did it. It they took beat overtime. Lake. It took <laughs> overtime. You know, but like, you know, overtime. seriously, like, you know, yeah, like if, 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 if anybody else that, let's just say Georgia Tech was the same as Clemson in terms of the record and, you know, right. how they've won these games, I don't think they'd be ranked in the top five. No, Syracuse is a good case study in that, I think. You know, undefeated sure. ACC Atlantic team and just now really cracking into the top 15 because, well, they're Syracuse and they're not Clemson and they don't have the name reputation. That's a great point. We have got a bunch of games to get to today. Uh, we've got a pair in the SEC, a pair in the Big 12, all involving ranked teams and all involving teams that still have some level of shot at their conference title and could be knocked out of those discussions if things don't go well for them this weekend. We'll wrap up the day with a huge matchup out West, somebody going against a former team of theirs, and again, a a possible trip to a conference championship game on the line in that game. Plus, we got to get you our favorite plays of the day. Our best bets are coming up as well. This is how we do it every Friday night and Saturday morning. Friday nights at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific. Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. And of course, uh, the podcast is up there as well, so you can grab it on demand anytime you want on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. She is Kayla Canaram. He is RJ Choppy. I am Chris Mack. Coming up next on BetQLU, 
Eh, you know what? These may be like play-in games to an extent. I mentioned a pair of Big 12 games, a pair of SEC games that could close some doors or kick them wide open. Again, alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Don't mind us just talking about how Tennessee's paying for their goalposts during the break. (laughs) It is BetQLU on the BetQL Network, live coast to coast, and wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app as well, A-U-D-A-C-Y. If you don't catch the show, at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific on Friday nights, or at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on Saturday mornings. You can always download it as a podcast as well. As soon as we're done with it on Friday afternoons, Friday evenings, we get it posted for you so you can listen to it whenever you want to inside your Odyssey app. Of course, you can watch it as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql, and search for betqlu on YouTube as well. We got a ton of great games again this weekend, uh, a bunch of ranked matchups. We'll get to a huge one out West with one guy going back to his old stomping grounds before we get you our best bets at the end of the show. Alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy, I am Chris Mack. And let's dive in to a couple of SEC matchups that really will either open some doors or close them on teams remaining in contention for either their division or their conference, whatever it may be. Let's start. uh, Let's start in Baton Rouge, Uh, Baton Rouge, LSU hosting number seven, Ole Miss Saturday at three 30 Eastern and number seven, Ole Miss undefeated seven and oh, looking at starting eight and in a season for the first time since they went 10 and oh in 1962 They're dogs. They're getting two on the road at LSU. I'm sure Lane Kiffin is milking that for all it is worth (laughs) with his team this week. The Rebels third nationally in rushing offense over 271 yards per game. LSU, though, Brian Kelly, we were questioning things early on, him and his fake accent. Uh, They won five of six after that season opening loss to Florida State. And Jaden Daniels had a huge game against Florida, accounted for six TDs and almost 350 passing yards. So, Kayla, where do we go with this one? Uh, I I seem to think Ole Miss is the most under-the-radar, undefeated SEC team in the last decade. I am right there with you, Chris. I'm sorry. How are they the underdogs in this game? I don't get that yeah. at all. I mean, I know LSU had the come-from-behind win over Florida last weekend, but I can't get past the beating they took from Tennessee 40-13. to 13. Uh, before that and while Ole Miss isn't Tennessee they are still better than LSU even at Tiger Stadium so this is easy I'm going Ole Miss at plus two Um, and yes I'm ignoring the part where LSU has won six straight against Ole Miss at home 
Because the numbers that the Rebels running back duo are putting up don't lie in Judkins and Evans. They are insane. If you haven't looked at them, do so. Um, and I'm expecting a big showing from both of them again on Saturday. Um, looking at the total, this number feels high, especially when you factor in that the total has gone under in four of LSU's last five and five of the Rebels' last six. Um, but both teams exceeded this total in both of their games last weekend against, against SEC opponents. Another total I'm on the fence about, but I think I'm kind of leaning the under here. I'm much more confident in the totals when we look to those Big 12 matchups coming up. Yeah, th- this opens the door to the Ole Miss-Bama game in two weeks, RJ, being mm-hmm. a de facto Ooh. SEC West championship game. Uh, it could also close the door on any visions Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin have of maybe getting their way into the playoff and being national title contenders. This is a huge game for them. Because as much as we look at it like Kayla and I do and say, how the heck is LSU favored in this thing? It's the SEC West. It's Death Valley. Uh, it's, it's anything can happen when you go to LSU, it feels like, even against the Brian Kelly-led LSU. Uh, that's true. Uh, I, I will say this, you know, my school was in the same position a couple of weeks ago. Uh, going on the road to LSU right before a game against Bama, and I was mm-hmm. petrified. I was petrified because it's a tough place to play. LSU's got athletes, and, you know, they're they're LSU, right? We're conditioned to believe that they're LSU. This is not, you know, this is not, you know, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and, and Joe Burrow ain't coming out of that tunnel. I, I was stunned when I saw this number. Stunned. I, I, I love Ole Miss in this one. I, I don't think this is a good matchup for LSU at all. And, and watch, I will be completely wrong. Um, but you know, <laughs> unders and dogs, baby, unders and dogs, give me the under and give me Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, the unders hitting four of LSU's last five, that's a big number, 67 and a half. We've seen Ole Miss has the ability to control sort of the tempo, the pace with that running game that Kayla mentioned. So again, this opens the door to Ole Miss being a legit national championship contender. I think if they can go on the road in Baton Rouge and beat LSU, the other side of the SEC West involves number 24, Mississippi State, visiting number six, Alabama, the Tide licking their wounds after the loss in Knoxville. They have 66 accepted penalties against them this year. That was a big key to the loss to the Volunteers. The most of any team in the FBS, Mississippi State, they've had 48. This could be a four-hour, 45-minute barn burner where we just see flag after flag after flag. It kicks off at seven, may not be over till midnight Eastern. Um, Alabama's won and covered each of the past four meetings between these two. I suspect they'll use this as an opportunity to find their footing again. But RJ, again, with the theory that anything is possible in the SEC West, with Will Rogers slinging the thing all over the yard, third third most uh, passing yards in the FBS, it, it does open you up to wonder if that 21 is just way too big a number for Bama to cover. My guy, Will Rogers, never met a man he didn't like. Uh, that's the way it is, man. Uh, is that, that's a big number to cover. Um, I'll tell you this. You know, personally, I would love uh, for Mississippi State, my dream scenario, Mississippi State beats Alabama, Alabama beats Ole Miss. <laughs> and there are, and, you know, and that way Ole Miss is gone and Alabama yep. is gone because they got two losses now. And it's just an easier pathway for my boys to get into the Final Four. I still see it happening here. Uh, I, you know, I love the Pirate. Um but I just don't see how Mississippi State wins this game. That's a lot of points, though. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to give up. Even though Alabama is as good of a team as there is, I mean, they are. They make a ton of mistakes. I think this is right for a backdoor cover. 
uh, like a 41-24 kind of game where yeah. uh, Mississippi State kind of comes in with a late touchdown and covers this thing. Last 15 games, Kayla, Bama against SEC opponents, their last 15 games, single-digit games, single digits nine times in the last 15. It had taken the 53 previous games to that for them to have nine single-digit margins. So this isn't the Bama that just goes around blowing everybody out anymore. Exactly. Um, But then you also look at the fact that hell hath no fury like a score Nick Saban. So that's the part that scares me the most. But this game feels all over the map to me. Uh, Mississippi State has been somewhat of a hard team to figure out. They lose to LSU and Kentucky, but they pound A&M and Arkansas. Um, There's also a touchdown stat that's a little concerning, and that's that they haven't scored a touchdown in Tuscaloosa in their last three trips. The last one came in 2014. That's insane. I'm hoping this team is better than we've seen in years past. Um, in their last seven meetings, Bama is six and one against the spread. But like RJ said, I wish this number was smaller because honestly, I really don't know what to do. I'm banking on the Bulldogs covering. I'm taking them at plus 21 um, against a Bama team who, yes, will be playing a little peeved, but they're also somewhat yeah. hard to trust too. So I like the Bulldogs at plus 21. All right. If the SEC West is having their elimination chamber this weekend, it feels like the Big 12 is as well. ESPN's SP Plus ranking says the four best conference title odds in the Big 12 currently belong to Texas, TCU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. Conveniently enough, Kansas State visiting TCU. We'll get to that one in a second. And number 20, Texas visiting number 11, Oklahoma State, who were favored by six Saturday at 2.30 Central on ABC. Texas unbeaten when Quinn Ewers is on the field, but this is their gauntlet, RJ, at Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, versus TCU, teams that have gone a combined 8-1 and one in conference and 7-0 and oh in games that weren't against each other. If Texas is legit, this is one they go on the road and win. Uh, if Oklahoma State is going to stay alive in the Big 12 title conversation, they fend off Quinn Ewers and the Horns. Yeah, they're going to have to. They're going to have to if they want to. And then, you know, there, there's a question of health with Spencer Sanders. And that's right. that's been the issue, or that is the issue for them. Because when this line came out, I was like, okay, no. Like, how is Texas a seven-point road favorite over Oklahoma State? Oh, that's right. The quarterback. The quarterback's got uh, a bit of an injury bug. If Texas has any hopes, they obviously have to win this football game. Uh, if You have to win games where you're favored by a touchdown. You just have to. I don't care if it's on the road or at home. When you're favored by a touchdown, you got to win that game. And this is one of those ones. I, I, would, I would stay away from this number. Uh, I would absolutely stay away from this number. And I would absolutely take the under. I, the, the under to me is the play here at 60 and a half. Uh, Texas has a has a pretty good defense. They held Alabama in check. Uh, they they would prefer it, I think, to play a low scoring game against Oklahoma State and not get into a shootout with them, especially if they're if everybody's healthy on Oak State. So give me the under. I'll pass on the spread. Six point home dogs, Oklahoma State, Kayla. Um, I, I don't know. They beat the Longhorns last year by eight. Uh, that was the largest margin of victory though in the past five games of this series. It's been tight in recent years. Um, but again, this is kind of season-on-the-line moment for Oklahoma State. Yeah, and listen, Texas is somewhat back, but they need to cool their jets a bit. They're not fully back. And seeing as how the Cowboys are coming off their first loss in a double overtime against TCU last weekend, 
I'm fully on board with the pokes either straight up or to cover at minus six. I know it's somewhat risky, but I'm confident in the pokes, assuming they clean up the defense against a very good running back and wide receiver duo in Robinson and Worthy. Um, the other minor concern, as RJ pointed out, is the health of the quarter- Cowboys quarterback, Spencer Sanders, dealing with that shoulder injury. However, Texas is two and five against the spread in their last seven games with Oklahoma State and just two and five straight up in that span. It's homecoming at Boone Pickens Stadium. It'll be rocking. So I'm I'm rolling with the pokes in this one. I also actually am going to take the over, I think, of 60 and a half because OSU's last three conference game have exceeded this total that has seen them consistently put up at least 36 points. And I think Texas is also capable of hitting at least 30 in this game. So I'm going to take a risk in this one all around. <laughs> Some good old-fashioned fire wagon Big 12 football, just slinging it all <laughs> over the yard. I like it. Uh, if, if Oklahoma State can survive this one, it doesn't get any easier. Trips to Kansas State and Kayla's Kansas Jayhawks uh, right after that. Did <laughs> oh, I say no. that? Yeah, I said that. Uh, okay, uh, number 17, speaking <laughs> of Kansas State, Wildcats are going to Fort Worth, visiting number 8 TCU. Horn Frogs favored by three and a half after the big overtime win over Oklahoma State. This is their opportunity to stake their claim as the team to beat, or I guess hold on to that claim as the team to beat in the Big 12. But Adrian Martinez comes in, the four-year starter at Nebraska, who threw 45 touchdowns to 30 interceptions there before he transferred. And now he's got four TDs to zero picks this year. Uh, we know what Mad Max has done for TCU. 41 touchdowns, 20 interceptions his first three seasons in Fort Worth. But approaching 1,600 yards now this season with just one pick under O coordinator Garrett Riley. This is right there in a Metroplex with you, RJ. So I'll let you give the first take on this. Is TCU legit or do they get a scare from Kansas State here? Can I say both? Sure. Yeah, I, I think they are a legit team. I think they're very good. I don't look. I don't think that they're as good as Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. I don't think they're as good as USC. I don't think they're as good as Texas when Texas has everything rolling either. Um, but, and I, I'm not sure they're as good as Ole Miss. Uh, but they they have done and gone through quite the gauntlet. All right, they've already beaten. Oklahoma. They've already beaten Oklahoma State. They already knocked off Kansas, even though Kansas was a little bit banged up. And then they still have to go trap game next week at West Virginia. Never an easy place to play. They have to go no. at Baylor. They got to go at Texas still. So those are all very difficult, you know, games to navigate through. If they do it, I don't know how you keep them out. Even though I don't think they're as good as the other teams that I mentioned, I do think they get a scare. I do think they hang on and win this game, uh, but it's a close one. Uh, it's a much closer one than I think Horn Frog fans would like. I do like TCU to cover the three and a half, though. Yeah, it, it, in my opinion, it's a field goal game, and that's what gives that hook a, gives me a little more pause around that three and a half, yeah. Kayla. But I mean, Kansas State three and zero against the spread with two outright wins as a dog versus Oklahoma in the last three seasons against everybody else in the conference in that span. Three and six against the spread with just one outright win, although it was at TCU in 2020. Um, this this is the spot I think where TCU holds on like like Wiley Coyote hanging from the cliff, <laughs> claws in the ground, holds on to the top spot in the Big 12. But I don't think it's easy. Yeah, short and sweet. I'm with you guys. I like TCU to cover at home minus three and a half. They're four and one and one against the spread in their last six. But I think the biggest factor in this matchup is 
whether or not they're able to convert or not convert in the red zone. On 29 trips this season, the Horned Frogs have turned 21 of those into touchdowns <clears throat> and four into field goals. On the flip side, you've got the Wildcats, who have had 24 trips and have only turned 12 into touchdowns and nine field goals. And as we know, touchdowns are a little more valuable than field goals. Um, as for the total, once again, I'm tempted to take the over because Big 12. Uh, but nine of K-State's games have gone under, so I'm probably going to stay clear of this one for now, but do with that what you will. Yeah, if you believe in TCU, you're probably inclined to go over because they just blow out the total every single right. week, and 54 <laughs> is a bit of a lower number for them. Coming up, if you're going to leave a conference, may as well do it with a bang, and you may as well do it against your old team in your old stomping grounds, Chip Kelly. A big matchup out west could alter the complexion of the Pac-12 landscape, plus our best bets for week eight of the college football season next, alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Back. You're listening to BetQLU on the BetQL Network. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Week 8 of the college football season sizing up to be maybe not quite as crazy as last weekend, but another good one. I'm Chris Mack, alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. This is BetQLU, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download it day you can listen to us in podcast form or just join us on friday nights 11 eastern 8 pacific or saturday mornings 9 eastern 6 pacific uh, as we get ready for all the biggest games of the week our best bets on the way before we wrap up here in just a couple of moments plus we got to talk about chip kelly heading back to oregon to face the ducks in some wild uh pink breast cancer awareness unis which are just i'm not a fan of all the uniform combinations usually like, I'm old and stodgy that way, but these things are fire, I got to admit. We'll get into that in a sec. Um, you guys know I like to t- take a look at some of the biggest numbers on the board every weekend. So, the uh, biggest spread of the week, biggest spreads, I guess, the two biggest ones that I have an eye on. Ohio State's favored by 30 against Iowa. Iowa has 12 red zone trips this year. Ohio State has scored 27 red zone touchdowns. Notre Dame also laying 27 against UNLV a week after being upset by Stanford. Uh, They've got an FBS low, two turnovers this year. That's forced two turnovers this year, Notre Dame. Um, I don't know if either one of those numbers appeals to you guys. I could see Ohio State blowing out Iowa. I don't know if I necessarily want to roll the dice on it, though. Yeah, I'm not rolling the dice on that one. That's, that's a big number. Um, you know, you get you get upwards of beyond 21 in a conference game. You better be playing Vanderbilt uh, or Rutgers or something <laughs> like that, right? You know, I, yeah. I, you know, Iowa is a they're still semi competent somewhere, even though Ohio State's the best team in the country. I think uh, at this point, it's a big number, man. I, I would probably stay away uh, on that one. Kayla, I'll you go got any interest it. in either I'll one take- of these? I'll take the Ohio State minus 30. Let's have some fun. Okay. The Buckeyes, yeah. Why yeah. not? Iowa why doesn't not? score yeah. points. Iowa doesn't exactly. believe in crazy things like – You just, you just read that red zone like, stat. 
Yeah. Crazy things like touchdowns and offense. <laughs> Who needs it? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, the forward pass that. should be outlawed anyway. Um, and the, <laughs> the smallest smallest totals of the week, Utah State, Wyoming, 42.5. San Jose State, New Mexico State, 43. Largest totals of the week, North Texas at UT San Antonio, 71.5. And, a half. and this one, UCLA, Oregon, total sitting, depending on where you find it. Let me check right now. At the moment, it is right around 70, 70 and a half, depending on where you get it. If you go to BetMGM, it's at 70 and a half. The spread, Oregon laying six against the visiting number nine UCLA Bruins, who bring Chip Kelly back with them. Under Chip Kelly, though, UCLA, 0-5 against top 10 teams. And not even close in these games, guys. Lost by an average of 23.6 points per game. On the other side of the coin, Oregon, they beat top 10 teams. It's what they did under Chip Kelly. It's what they continue to do. Both offenses averaging over 41 points a game. That's where that big fat total comes in. But both teams coming off a bye. So have their defenses cooked something up. Uh, They both lead the conference in rushing defense for that matter. But you've got two of the top rushing attacks in the conference as well. Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Bo Nix have both thrown for over 1,500 yards so far this season. This should be, I mean, this should be the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. It's a 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 local kick in Oregon. This is, again, we talk about opening doors or perhaps slamming windows shut. This is, that's what this game is for both of these teams as far as staying in the conversation for the Pac-12 title. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is. Um, you know, the funny thing is, you know, 70 and a half points is, like you mentioned, the biggest of the weekend. It's a huge number. Russell Wilson, that's October for him uh, this year. <laughs> it, it's 70 and a half points. I mean, he would dream for that. This, you know, there is one uh, thing that's sticking out to me in this, and that is I can't get Oregon's game against Georgia out of my head. Like, Right. How good must Georgia be, or how bad was Oregon that day? That should not have happened. Top 10 teams don't get beat like that, and here they are right back around that top 10. You know, this is a tough, this is a tough game for, for UCLA, too. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we were thinking, what a disaster UCLA's season is already, right? You know, they, they were winning games, but they were looking bad doing it. UCLA fans wanted to run them out of town. They wanted no part of Chip Kelly. They hated him. Uh, but he is right at that ship, and you got to give him credit for it. I like UCLA in the points. I think they win this game outright. I might take a money line. Wow. A combined 561 yards rushing and 12 TDs on the ground between DTR and Bo Nix, Kayla. Um, though, I mean, this is a classic example of QBs are never on the field at the same time, but this feels like a QB versus Q- QB matchup that will decide this thing. Oregon, for what it's worth, eh. 5-0 and oh straight up, 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five. They've been rolling. They, they're they going to be at home. It's going to be lit because of the crazy pink uniforms, which, again, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I'm not usually a fan of crazy unis, but Oregon has hit it on this one this weekend, I think. Um, the total, speaking of hitting, has gone over in five uh, Oregon's last five home games. So I don't know if you're looking at a total. I don't know if you're looking at a side, but I'm looking at, again, probably the most entertaining game of the weekend. I'm right there with you. I'm looking at both. And I don't know that the uniforms are going to 
get Oregon the win. This spread is actually probably the easiest one for me this week, and I'm going UCLA at plus six. Um, UCLA has shown us they are for real with wins over Utah and Washington. While, as RJ pointed out, I can't get that Oregon week one loss, more like beatdown with Georgia out of my head. Um, Mm -hmm. UCLA is the better team, both offensively and especially defensively, while Oregon is allowing 275 passing yards through the air per game, which they absolutely will not be able to do Saturday against the Bruins. Yes, the Ducks are 7-0 in their last seven home games against UCLA, but that was then, and this is now. I also like the over. (laughs) I said it. It was we mentioned. Um, I know. I think the Pac-12 is going to take a page out of the Big 12's book this weekend. You can't ignore the fact that UCLA has put up 40 or more points in five of their six games and averaging 505.7 total yards per game. That is wild. Then you have Oregon, who is averaging even more points a game at 42. Sometimes it's scary taking the over when it's this big, but these are two very offensive happy teams, and I think this game will be our shootout of the week. So I'm going over. Yeah. You you know what? Bo Nix can be extremely frustrating at times, but he can also be electric. Um, You could probably say the same for Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I think, again, this for me is just kind of sit back and enjoy the quarterback play and watch where it goes. Um, I imagine there will be a mistake or two by each of those guys because of how aggressive they are and how they they hunt the big play, so to speak. Um, But I think that's what's going to make this fun. And I think that's, like you, Caleb, what's going to get us up over that 69.5, 70, whatever the total ends up being by the time it kicks off at 12.30 in Oregon Saturday afternoon. Um, I, I, I do. I like the over as well. Yeah, it's a big number, and you may have to wait until the final possession to hit it, but you never know. I, I've, I've, picked a, I've made a mistake and picked a couple Pac-12 games with big numbers to go <laughs> under this year. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Uh, but again, this is one, too, that uh, puts one team in the driver's seat to a Pac-12 championship game appearance, and probably the other team just kind of pulls over into the slow lane in the Pac-12 race. Which brings us to our best bets of the weekend. This is how we wrap it up on BetQLU every single weekend uh, across the country on the BetQL network. We get you our favorite bets. And with another wild slate this weekend, I think, again, maybe not as crazy as last weekend, but another wild slate and some big uh, elimination air quotes uh, I did with my fingers there, elimination style games in what feels like every conference. There's some great games out there. Uh, to get your bets down on with BetMGM. I'm going to start with Boston College and Wake Forest. This doesn't sound like a sexy matchup on paper. Yeah, sexy (laughs) Sammy. There you go. There he is. Total sitting at 61 and a half. And the Demon Deacons are 15th in the country, second in the ACC, in averaging 41.2 points per game. Their defense, though, 11th in the ACC and giving up over 380 yards per game. BC's offense has been just abysmal at times this year but there's hope I think they have hope and there's proof for it that the connection between Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers is going to start to bear more fruit because Wake has just been absolutely decimated by injuries in their secondary Uh, they've got sophomores starting on the outside corners Gavin Holmes J.J. Roberts they are both rated in the bottom third of all ACC corners by pro football focus so I'm leaning over. I think we get some points between Boston College and Wake Forest in that one. So 61 and a half, give me the over. We're all about points this weekend. Kayla, who you got? Well, guys, I have some bad news. I am no longer perfect in my best bet picks. Oh, man. I know. 
Florida State's team total blew it for me last week, so I'm looking to bounce back this week. And I'm looking to a game that I know is circled on everyone's calendar for this weekend, and that is Vanderbilt at Mizzou. (laughs) Oh, wow. Listen, it is – okay, hear me out. It's Mizzou's homecoming, (laughs) which is kind of a big deal since Mizzou invented homecoming. Look it up. Um, The underdogs of the SEC deserve some love too, okay? (laughs) With that said (laughs) – with that said – uh, they were kind enough to make us the 14-point favorite, so love that. Uh, I'm not going to get cute. I'm just going to keep this one simple and pick Mizzou to cover at minus 14 with my best bet. We are coming off a much-needed buy. We should have beat Auburn. We should have beat Georgia. Hello, as I've stated before. So surely, surely we win by more than 14 over the Commodores. We're going well, to pick yeah, up our I mean, first conference win Saturday. Just you watch. By the transitive property, I mean, you almost upset Georgia, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And Georgia beat Vandy by what, 55? So, you, yeah, right. you should cover, you right? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I'm, you know I, what? I I'm might ride with like you this there, is a Taylor. safe bet. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> RJ, what's your best bet this weekend? All right, so last week I did it. I'm going to do it again. The uh, pizza money parlay. Throw 10 bucks down. And this time I've got a 48 to 1 parlay for you on a four-teamer. Okay, here we go. Northwestern plus 390 money line against Maryland. I'm sorry, uh, Mackie, but Minnesota plus 175 money line against Penn State. Get out of here. Get out of here. Ole Miss plus 105 (laughs) against LSU. And ride with Clemson. I'm sorry. Syracuse plus 395 against Clemson. $10 will win you 480. All right. I'm not going to lay it down. I'm not going to lay it down, but I will say. I will celebrate with you next weekend. We all will if it hits. How about that? <laughs> Ten bucks to win 500. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> you can't. Let's not He's RJ up. Choppy. She's okay. Kayla Canaram. We will be back next weekend to do it all over again, live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and, of course, on YouTube as well. Thanks for joining us again here on another edition of BetQL Network's BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus